Hello, everyone, and welcome to the recently retitled podcast, Casual Experts Only. I'm Mike, and this is the very first episode of the Casual News Flash, the show where I, your host, break down the latest in movie, TV, comic, and fandom news. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. There are some new potential Spider-Man No Way Home leaks that have come out the last week. I will be discussing them briefly at the end of this episode. I'm putting them at the end because I don't want it to spoil the episode for anybody who doesn't want to hear them. But if you do want to hear about the spoilers, go ahead and skip to the last few minutes of this episode. So first of all, there are a few newish movies that are out. Dune and the last James Bond movie, at least the last Daniel Craig James Bond movie, No Time to Die, are currently in theaters. So definitely check those out if you haven't already. They're good movies. And this weekend, the newest Marvel movie, Eternals, comes out. And what's interesting is this movie actually is sitting at the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score for a Marvel movie. It is at 53%. That is the critic score, which is even lower than Thor The Dark World. On IMDb, it has a 6.3 out of 10. And on Metacritic, it has a 54%. So it's sitting there pretty low. It's kind of interesting because there was quite a bit of hype leading up to this movie, mainly because it is a Marvel movie. Now, I'm more in line usually when it comes to movies with the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes than the critic score. So maybe this will be good. Maybe it is as bad as people are saying. I I mean, 53, 6.3 on IMDb isn't that bad. So at at the very least, this is going to be an average movie, I think. But I mean, I, I don't want it to be bad. So hopefully it's good. I guess we'll see this weekend. And in some casting news, uh, Brendan Fraser has been cast in the upcoming Batgirl movie that's coming to HBO Max. Uh, It has been rumored that he is going to be playing Firefly, the villain Firefly, so that is interesting. It's cool to see Brendan Fraser getting more acting roles lately. Seems like he's been through a lot over the last few years. And we do know that J.K. Simmons has been confirmed to be Commissioner Gordon in the Batgirl movie, so it does seem like this movie takes place in the DC movie universe that Zack Snyder set up in his movies, so it's sort of still in that continuity. And the directors also said that Batman will be in the movie, so I'm not sure if, you know, we're going to get an actual glimpse of him or not, or if it's just going to be, you know, like a glorified cameo or what. So that also suggests that Ben Affleck might return as Batman in this movie, which will make it his second return to movies after Justice League, since he's also going to be in The Flash. So that's pretty cool for fans of Batfleck. Some other casting news. Uh, As most of you probably know, Will Poulter has been cast as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. James Gunn himself confirmed it on Twitter a few weeks ago. And apparently Bill Murray is set to star in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. He apparently said in an interview a little while ago, about a week or so ago, that he's working on a new Marvel film with Peyton Reed. And then he, in a more recent interview from just a couple days ago, he went on Jimmy Kimmel Live and elaborated a little more. He said, I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to say. They're making a movie. It has Paul Rudd, he plays Ant-Man. There's Evangeline Lilly playing the Wasp and Michael Douglas, I forget what his name is in the movie, and Michelle Pfeiffer, they're all in the movie. But I'm not at liberty to talk about it. So he basically just confirmed he's in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, which is pretty cool. Bill Murray's, you know, he's a, he's a national treasure. And also a little 
it's not exactly casting news per se, but kind of. Apparently, Hayden Christensen is returning as uh, Anakin in the upcoming Disney Plus Ahsoka series. So he's already been confirmed for the Obi Wan series, but apparently he's going to be in the, in the Ahsoka series as well. It's not clear whether he is going to be, you know, playing him through like a, as a Force ghost or in flashbacks or what. I suppose we will see when that comes out, but that's pretty cool. Also, the last week or two, some new trailers have come out. The Just a couple days ago, a new trailer for Morbius came out, which looks very good. That comes out this January. It seems like they're really doing the character of Morbius justice and really showing the struggle that Morbius has between being a vampire and trying to do the right thing, but still having the insatiable thirst for human blood. So that looks like a pretty cool movie. And there's also a new trailer out for The Witcher Season 2. It looks like they really stepped it up from the first season, visuals-wise and action-wise. That should be pretty cool. And just earlier this week, a trailer dropped for The Book of Boba Fett. Not a whole lot in that trailer to really show story, but it does look a bit like a Star Wars gangster movie. Boba Fett seems to be the new... Don or crime lord in town after he took over Jabba's palace at the end of The Mandalorian and it seems like the show is going to revolve around that and just you know the different adversaries he's facing now that he is one of the leaders of the Tatooine underworld so that should be pretty interesting. Now on to some comic book news. DC recently announced that they were going to be introducing a bisexual Superman. And by Superman, I mean Superman's son, Jonathan Kent, who is basically taking over the role of Superman while Superman is in space on some, you know, space adventure. (laughs) But a lot of people have been freaking out, you know, saying like Superman is gay now and all this stuff, but that's not quite accurate. It's his son, Jonathan, who was first introduced a few years ago in DC Rebirth uh, as a young boy, and then he was sent to the future to join the Legion of Superheroes, and he lived, you know, like, probably, like, 10 years in the future, and now he is a teenager. And apparently he has been teaming up with an online activist friend, and apparently they're going to start a relationship together. Uh, This friend is male, I believe, so that's, you know, the whole bisexual thing. So, you know, it's like... A lot of people are freaking out about it, but, I mean, it's te- it's not technically, like, they're not taking Clark Kent and making him gay, you know? It's his son, he's a newer character, so, you know, I don't really see why there should be any real problem with this. I think probably more, like, people are a little annoyed with some of the woke stuff in comics recently. There's some writers have really been pushing their you know, political ideas in comics instead of just writing good stories. I'm not saying it's in all comics, obviously, but there are definitely some pretty obvious comic series and writers that have been doing this, and I think a lot of fans aren't super on board with it. They just want good stories. I think overall people don't really care, you know, if they introduce, oh, it's a gay character, who cares? But it's more like when... <laughs> when writers are trying to jam their political opinions and ideas on people's throats, then it's not really a good comic. It's just, you know, a political statement, and nobody really reads comics for that. So, but yeah, so there's that. And then there's also been some drama about Superman's slogan or his motto change. So at DC Fandom a couple weeks ago, DC revealed that Superman's motto is no longer truth, justice, and the American way. It is truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. 
Now, this can pretty much be taken two ways. It can either mean that DC is just ashamed of America and everything it stands for, or it can be taken as an evolution of a character that has evolved quite a bit since the 19, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and everything when this when the first motto was in effect. I tend to take it the second way. I think that I, I understand what they were going for back in the day, you know, truth, justice in the American way. It was back when you know, Superman was very much an American hero and, he, you know, he was almost sometimes treated as more like an American ambassador to the rest of the world. But over the years, his character has changed. Clark Kent is obviously American. I mean, he was raised in frickin' Kansas on a farm. But he is ultimately a hero for the whole whole world. He does not discriminate. He doesn't necessarily represent any country per se, though he is American. So sometimes, you know, that happens. But in general, he is not necessarily only an American hero. He is, you know, a hero of the world. So I kind of get why they changed it, if that was their thinking behind it. Of course, people are going to get mad. You know, people always get mad when things change. And, you know, some people are taking it as a slight to America itself. I don't personally, but... You know, that's me. Uh, and I honestly don't mind the whole a better tomorrow. Like, as far as mottos go, that's actually pretty decent change, I think. But, yeah, that is that. Do that. Do with that information as you will. Now, on to some Spider-Man No Way Home real quick before we wrap this up. So, Marvel has released quite a few screen caps and pictures of Spider-Man No Way Home the last week. These pictures come courtesy of a new Empire Magazine article. And what's interesting about this article as well is it talks about Spider-Man battling villains from past lives, which seems to suggest the other Spider-Man actors are going to be in this, because, like, what does past lives mean? Like, Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Spider-Man hasn't lived past lives, you know? So that seems to confirm they're probably going to be in the movie, but it does 100% confirm that Reese Effens is going to return as the Lizard, and Thomas Hayden Church is going to return as Sandman. So... That is very cool. Uh, we kind of already knew that from some of the trailers and leaks and everything, but it's good to see it actually officially confirmed. Also, in these pictures that is interesting is Dr. Octopus's arms. There, We get some new close-up shots of, Do- of Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus, and in these shots, Dr. Octopus's arms are red, or at least in one of them, and it has been heavily rumored that these, this, these red spots are nanotech. So it's also seems like this may be Spider-Man causing his nanotech iron spider suit to bond with Dr. Octopus's arms and try to control him. That's been suggested, but we don't know for sure yet. So that's interesting. So now last bit to wrap this episode up, I'm going to talk real quick about a few leaks. So spoilers ahead. If you don't want to hear this, don't listen. There have been some pics circulating the internet of Green Goblin's suit as well as Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man suits all hanging up on a rack together. Now, it's not confirmed whether this is an actual picture from the set. There have been some fake leaks going around lately, but it may be true. I don't know. But this Green Goblin suit picture does look pretty legit. Uh, Also, there is some concept art that goes along with it that matches the actual suit perfectly, so... Either somebody did a really good job with these fakes, or they are legit. So I'm going to describe the suit real quick. It's obviously the Green Goblin suit from the original Raimi Spider-Man movie. 
but it looks very damaged and very battle-worn, so there are definitely spots that are a little bit um, chipped and broken. But some of these spots have been reinforced with new armor that's more silver-looking, and there's some tan straps on it. And there is some purple in the costume. There are some pieces that look like they have been added and painted purple, and uh, there is an actual belt and pouch and shoulder strap, much like Green Goblin has in the comics. This, these actually look like they are military bags, so I wonder how he gets these, if they explain it. But the suit definitely seems to be like the original suit, but you know, mo modified and tweaked and repaired over the years. So that's interesting. Also, he is wearing goggles. He does not seem to have the mask. Uh, he's wearing these goggles that look very similar to Dr. Octopus's goggles in Spider-Man 2, so not sure what that is. But yeah, if this is the actual suit, that could be really cool, because it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for them to give him a whole new suit, considering he is, you know, it is Willem Dafoe reprising his role. But it also wouldn't make sense for it to look exactly the same, and I'm glad they found a way to add some more purple and some more comic-accurate pieces to the costume, so that's cool. Still not 100% confirmed whether this is real or not, but it looks real to me. Last little thing... Apparently, a Twitter user, My Time to Shine Hello, who has been leaking a lot of accurate things about this movie, did say that apparently after this movie, it's not confirmed whether it's in an end credit scene or just in a later movie, but it seems like Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to get his black suit. Now, we do know that Venom is going to meet Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Spider-Man at some point from the end credit scene of Venom 2, so that'll be really interesting. I wonder how they're going to pull that off, but... Then again, this is a rumor, it could be fake, could be real, who knows. <laughs> but that is it for this week's episode, guys. I will be doing these every week, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Check out our previous podcast episodes, and go ahead and check out our social media, Instagram, Facebook group, TikTok, and check out our YouTube channel. All those links are in the description of this episode. Thank you everyone for listening, and I will see you next week.